0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. My name is John Dennis. You can catch me overnights on 97.5 WPCB. Joining me, as always, in the studio, my co-host, John Williams. What's up? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good. Ready for another what week. What are you eating there? Right? sounds like you're, you're chipmunking something over there. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> and then uh, joining us also in the studio today, special <laughs> guest co-host Alberto Camargo. What's going on, brother? I'm back in better than ever. That's right. That's right. We've had you uh, yeah, re- a returning champion, uh, if you will, right? That's right? Had you a couple months ago. Glad to have you back. And joining us on the phone is uh, someone that I know. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. That's right. Get, the, get it pumped up. Uh, someone who I know uh, pretty well. We, uh, you know, Played a little high school football together. He was a little more successful in the in the football arena. Uh, played a little uh, college ball for the for the Louisville Cardinals uh, a few years back, and uh, kind of hit some of the uh, NFL teams. Had a, a short stint in the NFL, and then actually played for uh, the AAF uh, Atlanta Legends for uh, for a bit, and that was uh, that was really cool. Uh, Brandon Radcliffe, welcome mm. to the show, my man.
1: Yo yo, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Welcome. Absolutely,
0: welcome, welcome to the show. So I have a, a few. We have a few questions here. Uh, for you, Brandon, we're super excited to have you on. Uh, talk a little football um, before we get started, though. Okay, I do want to. I do want to ask you uh, when when it comes to your your football future here. You know, are you going to be in the in the XFL? Is that something that you uh, that you've
1: been kicking around? Did you get the invite for that? Yeah, I mean, if they give me the opportunity to be able to be in that league. I like to partake in it. So, I mean, yeah, I do look forward to being in it, this upcoming draft.
0: Okay. So how, how does that process work? Do they send you a, an invitation for the draft and you just kind of work out, you know, and do your um, thing and, and all that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Just like, I mean, like most of the time, like a, a combine invite, they just send it to your agent and they send it to you, uh, like email or whatever, they, they get in contact with you and uh, you accept it and they tell you certain things that's going to be in the draft and that's about it.
0: Okay, so they have like a full like combine and everything for you too?
1: Uh, they had like a little something like a combine. It's like one on ones with your position groups. So if you're a lineman, you're going against the defensive line, running backs, linebackers, wide receivers, okay, cornerbacks, uh, etc. Uh, that was held like a month and a half ago, two months ago, and they just like the surrounding areas, so like all the guys that's located in South Florida. We all went to uh Tampa, okay, to the Tampa Bay uh Stadium, and we all worked out there. And uh, it was a, a couple guys I've seen in the a- uh, AAF and guys all around that I've seen play college football and in the NFL. So it should be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. So uh, that's uh, the Tampa Bay Vipers, right? That's the the team that's supposed to be uh, coming out of the XFL?
1: Yes, I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Okay. I haven't really looked too much into the names.
0: So they, they make you play for teams that are in that particular region, like if they choose you? No,
1: no. I think that's how the AAF was. Like it was... Based on teams, okay, like whatever team you was on, that's the team that had your rights. But this one, they're having a full on draft, so I mean, it's going to be players from from everywhere on every team. It's just whatever, I guess that general manager or whoever picks. Hey, it's going to be a draft, such as the AAF was just they pick teams from that school. I mean, players from that school.
0: Okay, that's pretty cool. Exactly. So, I, I do have a question for you regarding your your days with the AAF. Obviously. The AAF kind of decided to uh, to go under a little prematurely <laughs> before the season yeah. ever uh, ever really got a chance to come to its uh, to its conclusion. Did you have any idea that the the AAF was going to go under? Like, when when did you find out? Did you find out with everybody else, or did you find out? Did you give you like a heads up ahead of time? What happened?
1: How I found out was the just like how everybody else found out. We found out through ESPN. We found out through the coaches finally getting emails and getting confirmation that the league folded. Like, we had practice the same day we found out oh. it was over. Like, we had, like, a morning walkthrough just because I think the coaches felt it coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it was not, like, a real practice. So, that's when I knew. I'm, like, we're supposed to go out and have a full practice with pads and everything. Right. But they just had us do a walkthrough in the morning. So, I'm, like, all right. I mean, obviously, they're not doing this to slack off on the game before right. the game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Wednesday. Knew from Wednesday. Everybody knew from that. Like, yeah. And we have... Like, two weeks before that, uh, I heard, like, it was a rumor that they was planning on taking the lead, so people was already asking mm. it before it did it, so, I mean.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. So, what do you do from, from that point to now? Do you just do you just keep training and do your thing? I know, I think you got married between then and now, is that right?
1: No, I got married before. Okay. When, I the, when I was on the Dolphins, I got married. Okay. Uh, but now, yeah, I train. I mean, I I work as well. I mean, I have a day job. Right, but, right. Through that time, I just—I mean, I train when I, when I have the availability, which is I make time every day to train. So, sure. I mean, I'm not slacking off on my training.
0: But right, we won't tell, man. Don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's cool though, man. I'm I'm glad that you're going to get another shot to uh, to get in there. So is is the goal eventually? You know, for for the XFL, is it? So uh, let me ask you this. Let me try to phrase it this way. When you when you do something like go into the XFL, is it with the thought process of like, all right, I need to go and show my talents off so I can get yeah, to the that's NFL? My,
1: that's my soul. That's my sole purpose is to go and show that I have the the talents to be in the NFL. Okay, just try to separate myself. You know, right. That's my main goal. I mean, I hope that's everybody's main goal is to level up and be at the top of the of this sport, and that's the NFL, you know.
0: Sure, sure, sure. So you haven't you haven't come across anybody that's just in it for like I just really want to play in the AAF, man. That sounds like a I whole. I mean, I'm fun. sure
1: there's guys. I mean, I haven't asked anybody, but I'm sure right. there's guys that just want to still play. You know, they don't really yeah. care about being the NFL, but personally you know, my goal that's that's what I want to do.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's some guys who are on their last leg
3: who like, you know, I'll take this if I can if I can get it. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah,
3: no doubt. Yeah, I'm sure any opportunity for somebody who loves the game that much, any opportunity to play is special, but, but yeah, I, you know, we can appreciate the, the the ultimate goal for you is to not only play in the XFL, but show enough talent that an NFL team will give you a call.
1: Correct. Sure. I mean, uh, AF, they had a good amount of people that turned out to get another opportunity, so right. I mean, this goes to shows that they're watching, so...
0: Definitely, I think uh, um, one of the guys. I mean, I'm, I'm a Dolphins fan. I grew up a Dolphins fan. I mean, Brandon, you know, him from Miami, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Miami, uh, and Sam Aguavin, I'm, I'm not sure what what uh, AAF team he played for, but he was on an AAF roster, and then for, for for a time, I don't know if he's still starting for the Dolphins, but he he walked into a to a starting job, you know, with the, with the Dolphins after you know working his tail off in the AAF and then getting into the into the NFL and getting a shot. So now that you've been in both an NFL locker room. And an AAF locker room. What what would you, what would you say the main differences are if there are if there are any differences?
1: As in the two leagues.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like when you go like like what's the what's the the overall like locker room vibe like comparatively? Is it does everyone kind of go in the same way or is there a different approach uh, to nah, each day? I
1: think, or? It, I think the the mentality of everyone and just the vibes is totally different. Just if you put in account that. The NFL you have guys that's getting paid millions and millions of dollars and at the same time you have guys that's like I mean, they make everybody makes good money but it's still a lot of guys that have that ego, like they get paid so much more rather than the right. AF everybody have a set salary, so like everybody just had the same intentions on how I feel just trying to get to that next level which is the NFL. So I feel like AF it was like a, a humbling point for a lot of guys, like almost the whole team, like it didn't feel like a lot of egos, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody just out for that common and goal, and that's the the better their self in, in football.
0: Now, I, I do have a question for you. Uh, when it comes to your your time, you know, playing whether at any level, you know, yeah. of uh, of you know, competitive football, I wanted to ask you when you look back at it, what would you say the the three best players you played against are? Who would you say those people are?
1: Played against.
0: Played against or played with? Honestly, either
1: one. All right, uh, a guy that I played against in college and never in the NFL, but Deshaun Watson was amazing player, amazing talent. Uh, with, obviously, Lamar Jackson, amazing talent all around, just probably the most talented guy I've seen with a football in his hand. Um, and one more guy played with or against, I'm going to be biased and say, in college again with Teddy Bridgewater, just how he was, the player he was. And that's just me, just going day-to-day, seeing these guys from preparation to prepare to putting it on on the field with two guys that I played with, and then Deshaun Watson, which was an amazing talent.
0: Was there a, because you and I both played against Teddy Bridgewater when we were in high school. Yeah. Back when you played for, for Northwestern. Was there a kind of a when you when did you know him while we were in high school or did you not meet him until you got to Louisville?
1: Um, I met him when I got to Louisville. I didn't know him in Miami. And uh, I mean, we got a, a good friendship from just knowing each other from playing each other in high school. So that was just an automatic burn because we all right. knew each other from playing each other, you know.
0: Did uh, did you guys have any like back and forth jabs? Because uh, we had a little bit of a, uh, a rivalry. Yeah, between us yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, we always picked on them because man, we beat them. Yeah. On on ESPN. That's so right. Always, the prime time. Yeah, that, I'm like, yeah. I'm like man, y'all let us, y'all let us beat y'all on prime time on ESPN in high school. So.
0: That's right. That was a that was a good time. I'm, th- I'm throwing back to the glory days, man. These people don't believe that uh, <laughs> I used to be good at, at sports at one point. Yeah, man.
1: Life. Yeah, you used to get at it.
3: Back in the he day, that's fried. right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I will so, ask you, Brendan, if you had any left tackle better than Jonathan Dennis in your career?
1: Nah, man, best of the best. Can't have right. a better. Listen yeah. <laughs> Quarterbacks.
2: <laughs> we look lie on this podcast today, <laughs> man. <laughs>
1: Quarterbacks was never afraid for that blindside hit. That's exactly right. He walked out there freely. Tell them.
0: I'm t- I've been trying to, but no one believes me, man. I told him <laughs> yeah. I came in 13 all county. I was underrated. <laughs> underrated
3: <laughs> we don't talk enough about Jonathan Dennis exactly. the left tackle for Miami Columbus thank <laughs> you
0: thank you that's what I've been talking about you gotta,
1: you gotta give credit where credit due
2: I got a quick question going back to what we were talking about before as far as putting you know your career in your hands as far as what, when, you, when you're when you in college you're you're at a point where you can almost pick your team that you go to and this is your chance to develop to get to that next level Something yeah, yeah. with the AF and XFL, you don't get to pick the team you're on. And football is a sport that, you know, it's a lot harder to make an impact just because there's so many guys on the field and so many um, different situations that can happen. What What is your mindset and what do you think that you need to do to be able to stand out from everyone? Because it's not like you can pick the, you know, the system that you're in. It's harder to to choose that. Um, what is in your control that you think you can you can do to make sure you're seen from the from the highest level?
1: Um, from as a point, that's me going to the XFL and showing my talents and what I could do there, and, right. and try to be the best, best at that position, at the running back position. Right. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's eight teams, and I feel like I mean, for me to get recognized and do something that. I feel that would benefit me to get another shot in the NFL is just be the, the best running back in that league. And, I mean, I'm sure they're watching. If I'm the best running back in the league, I'm sure I'd get another shot. So that's how I approach it. And, uh, I mean, I think that's the thing that helps me the most. Right? Whatever team, I'm on, just try to show what I can do, which will ultimately, I see, will give me another shot.
2: Right. We – well. We- us here, we have faith in you that you're going to do that. But I'm sure are there's yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's some people are out there like at your position who may end up in a system where they just don't get as many touches as they want, and they're faced with that with that issue. So, um, I guess I was just wondering, you know, what it, as far as football goes, what do you do when you're in that position where you're not getting your touches and you're you're fighting to get to a next level and be seen? Oh, I
1: mean that's yeah, that's definitely a tough because sometimes, I mean, it's just the cards that you dealt. Like, right. there's so many ways that, I mean, you can't control a lot of stuff because, like, say if you're on the NFL roster and you're a free agent type guy and there's so many so many people that could get that chance to show their ability. And say they have two guys, they know that, like, set back their starter and a special team guy they have from the year before. And if they draft a guy or whatever and you're the free agent guy, mm-hmm your chances are a minimum to none. But, I mean, I would just say, I mean, whatever opportunity you get, just try to make it your best opportunity. And that's the way I feel any free agent, any guy that's, like, at the bottom of that pole that's getting literally the pinch and pennies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just feel you just got to give it your best shot. Hopefully, it comes out like you get more than what you want and you make the best of that opportunity. So just stay
2: ready. Just stay ready. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's
1: all. all I could give a person in that situation. Right.
0: Okay. So, Brandon, let me ask you a little bit more of a of an X's and O's question. Um, yes. When it comes to like blocking schemes, like I know in the modern day, you know most teams run. Hybrid block blocking schemes when it comes to like you know your your running game whether it's uh, zone or power it's, it's mainly yeah. just a, a mix of both. Do you have uh, a certain scheme that you're more comfortable in? Do you do you like you know having the vision of, of like a zone read or is it do you do more of a nah, like I mean, more following I, the lead blocker? Indeed,
1: I never I never really felt like I had like a certain style that I love to just run in. I mean I just want the ball right. Whatever <laughs> way it is I mean inside zone and <laughs> in, in, in between the tackles outside the tackles I feel. I mean all of them work is just if it's blocked right and you read it right. You read right. The, the right holes and et cetera.
0: Okay. So I mean
1: I mean I don't, I don't have a, a preference on inside zone, outside zone, power plays. I just feel they're blocked right and, and you read it right, right every player could be successful.
0: Yeah. As long as the guys up front do what they're supposed to do, you just give you the ball. Exactly. All you gotta, gotta go do is
1: just push the guys out of the way. <laughs> I mean, all you gotta do is run through holes. Yeah. Like, there you go. All it is is X's and O's.
0: So one uh, w- one last question in terms of like X's and O's and stuff like that. Um, the the jump between. You know high school uh you know play calls and stuff like that versus versus college you know obviously you know there's like a there's a bit of a gap there what what would you say is the biggest gap is it between you know going from you know where we went to high school to you know to Louisville or maybe going from louisville to you know when you started getting you know some of these these uh you know playbooks from you know the titans and and the the colts and the dolphins and all that what would you say is the, is the bigger jump
1: um I'd definitely say from um, high school to college because Colleges, like, they're really teaching you methods and terminology of the football game. As in high school, depending depends on high school, too. nowadays. Like, they don't really teach you film study and teach you everything about reading a playbook. You know what I mean? So when you get into college, if you're in a good system, as I was in Louisville, Petrino, I mean, he had almost, he he was an NFL officer coordinator, so he had that same style. So I wouldn't say NFL I mean, college, the NFL, I'd say, from when I was in high school, we really didn't have as much, like, terminology and everything as we did in high school.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Brandon. We really appreciate your time. Uh, and best select team, to you, my man, in the XFL. Hopefully uh, a team picks you up. And uh, if they don't, they're missing out, man, because, I mean, going back to you know, just watching you with the AAF, you know, and then just through high school, college, I mean, you're a beast. So hopefully uh, someone thank picks you. you up.
3: Yeah, brother.
2: Do you guys have anything else? No, Just thanks again for joining us.
3: Yeah, man. Good luck in the good luck in the trial and good luck with the, your future. Ah, oh, man. Thank we'll you. We'll be watching. Yeah, we have a reason to watch the episode. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, we got somebody
0: right. to root for. Check him out, <laughs> hey, Brandon. You want to plug your uh, your Instagram and Twitter?
1: Uh, yeah. You can follow me at Brandon Radcliffe, just like that.
0: R A D C L I F F, right?
1: R A D C L
0: I F F. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, man, on the Somewhat Sports Podcast. You have a great All day, right, man.
1: Thanks for having me. you All right, y'all. Take care. Take
0: All care, right. man. All right. So transitioning to uh, more NFL-centered stuff. I want to talk a little bit about NFL officiating. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's great, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and say no right off the bat. I'm just like, to me, it's driving me up a wall because they did this whole thing in the offseason mm-hmm. of being able to challenge these, these pass interferences, you know, offensive, defensive, whatever, even if you know, they saw it, they didn't see it, whatever, challenge whatever the ruling was on the field right and yeah. in theory like it was supposed to prevent stuff like what happened with you know the Rams and the Saints last season when the, where the Rams you know basically caught the better end of the stick mm-hmm. uh, because of a, of a blown call basically right. a blown pass interference call and I understand that that was the basis for it for being able to mitigate and go back and change you know blown calls mm-hmm. but If we have a system in place that's supposed to keep referees accountable when it comes to these plays, they
3: need to use it. Yeah. It's driving me crazy. My my thing is, like, one, the implementation of the rule was, like, completely reactionary, you know? Right. if, If that referee doesn't blow that call, there's no fan outrage. There's no push to implement that rule. Right. Now... On the surface level, like a rule that says, hey, we can go back and look at plays that there may have been a foul. And if there's a foul, if, if we realize that in through the replay, we can go ahead and add that foul to the play. Yeah. That's a good system if you're going to implement that for, you know, every foul in the book. Right. Now, if you do that, obviously it's going to slow the game down a lot more, a lot <laughs> more video bit. replays, a yeah, lot more, yeah. you know, breaks in, in play. Right. But it, I, I think it's happened a few, a few different times this year in games that I've watched where the commentators will say, Okay, so this play right here, they're reviewing for pass interference, but there's very clearly, like, illegal contact, but that's not a reviewable foul. Right. So, like, the defender will, you know, be handsy with the receiver past five yards from the line of scrimmage. Right, but not while the ball's in the air. Right, right, before the ball's thrown. Even though they see that on camera... They can't. They go can't, back they can't go back and give that foul. Well, I mean, there's holding on on every play. In sure. The, yeah, foul yeah, right. right. You can, basically, almost every
0: level of, of football. If, to you be made the, if you
3: made that reviewable, we'd never. Yeah. We would. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. The ball wouldn't go. It would just keep going backwards <laughs> consistently. <laughs> but that's not. That's not to me like the point. The point, like, I, I, the reason why I bring this up is because when you look at a game like the Chiefs Colts game,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right, where it's a prime time game. Right? So everyone got to see it. Yeah. And everyone gets to see that phantom offensive pass interference call that was called on TY Hilton. Poor TY. I'm telling you. <laughs> another uh, another uh, I wouldn't say he's local cuz he he went to FIU. I don't think he's from actual South Florida, but
3: I'm not sure well, where he's from, but yeah. Yeah, know, but call he's a South Florida kid, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call him a South Florida kid cuz it helps my, you know, <laughs> it helps bolster my community. Anyways, um but the the thing that drives me crazy is like the, he goes up to the corner, right? And I understand like pick plays have become more and more popular in the mm-hmm. NFL. And so they're trying to throw the flag on those to discourage and dissuade receivers from engaging uh, cornerbacks in, in a way that's that's you know impeding illegal. them from yeah. yeah. So that I understand. But when you look at the replay, because they threw a flag on T. Y. Hilton Her and then yeah, yeah. and then Frank Reich threw his challenge flag because he said, like, look at the play again. He didn't touch him. And they went back and they reviewed it. And I can't remember who the guy in the booth is for, for NBC. Their their referee, I don't know if it's Dean Blandino, whoever it is, their referee in the booth says, oh, yeah, they're going to go ahead and they're going to take a look at it and they're going to see the T.Y. It's not Pereira, Ran right? Up to, I, it might be. I'm Pereira not sure. In Fo-
3: Fox, I have I no
0: idea. There's a, there's a revolving door of referees <laughs> on every single network because the, all these <laughs> calls are so... F- outlandish that they need someone else to come over here and interpret the rules because even the people on the field don't know the rules. But anyways, <laughs> we got off my
3: soapbox there for a second. You need to get Ed Hockley in, in the studio shirtless. time. please. And flex. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> even you, want what to what watch the game. What'd you think, Ed? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree, I agree. <laughs> yeah, Exactly, fill the flex. Um, but they say, Oh yeah, they're gonna overturn this because TY runs up to the guy, but doesn't lay a hand on him, he just runs up to him and stops. He sets like an actual, like like by NBA standards, yeah. a beautiful pick.
3: <laughs> Textbook.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hands to himself, didn't lurch forward, didn't even show didn't even throw a shoulder in there or anything. <laughs> oh. Straight up and down. And the defender makes contact with him first. Right. And so you're thinking, oh, this is great. The the play is that I can't remember who caught the ball, but it was a nice game for the Colts. On That play and what happened they upheld the pass interference and gave Patrick Mahomes, you know another opportunity to move the ball forward. So to me, it's just driving me crazy and it seems to me like the NFL referees are more concerned with upholding their original ruling even if it's wrong. Yeah, it's like a conflict of interest. It seems that way. Like, I feel like they're only going to use it for instances where it's like, completely indefensible. But even right. then, like the whole thing
3: with, with, uh, with T.Y. Hilton. It seems like it'd be one of those situations right. where everybody can see that's not a foul. Exactly. It, 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 seems like a, it seems like that's a situation where somebody's, I don't want to say ego, but everybody has that internal bias where right. they don't want to be wrong. Right. Especially somebody whose job it is to be right. Right. All but that's <laughs>
0: that's why you have people who are unbiased and some like somewhere else say, Hey, yeah. you know, you need to turn overturn this. Right. And
3: yeah. they need to have seniority
2: over the refs on the field. Something. They yeah. need to yeah. do something. I mean,
0: I understand like it's, you know, a, a fraternity of referees and they have to have each other's backs and and yada yada yada. But we're like this is a multi billion dollar industry. Yeah. And not even just the people who are invested in the nfl we're talking about people who are betting their own money on <laughs> <laughs> on some of this stuff right right right, right you right, know right. Like, the, like the whole vegas sportsbook you know industry is massive yeah and it's gonna be know? legal soon you know for for once people won't have to be under the book about it right the table about it exactly i mean i'm not i'm not trying to like cape up for for you know the betting community and the gambling community <laughs> i'm just saying like you're you're in a lot of instances
3: you're changing the outcome of a game by refusing to overturn a call that's clearly wrong I mean, so the the NFL has that kind of central location where referees are set right out there watching every game live, um, in case anything like this happens. Mm-hmm. Right. I saw. Yeah. To John. To John's point here, he like he mentioned how there's some of the referees in that office should have seniority over the ones in the field because, right. you know, if you're on the field, you have one angle at it, you see it one time, and you make a ruling right there. When the people in the office have, you know, the multitude of camera angles, maybe even more than we see on TV, just to look at it. Um, yeah, I feel like there should be some sort of um, hierarchy where if, you know, Mr. Referee Number 1 in, yeah. in New York or wherever the office is says, hey, you know, uh, the umpire on the field, the main, the main guy, hey, you got this wrong. Yeah. Take a look at this again. Maybe that should be the kind of the overarching, you know, the gavel by the, the judge's gavel. He slams his gavel. That's something. the ruling. Absolutely something. Because I tweeted about
0: this the other day and I'm trying to remember which game it was. But oh, I remember. Yeah, it was the Dallas game against the Saints, where uh, Dak throws a ball, and it. They weren't sure whether or not it was a incomplete pass, or whether it was a fumble.
3: Right. Oh, so it was like ball was caught and yeah. The ball was like the
0: ball was like like kind of like bouncing towards like Dak gets hit. The ball kind of like flails forward towards you know the the sideline. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, Yeah. And a Saints player comes up with it. I'm not sure which player it was. I can't really tell from the the camera angle. But he takes it and he runs it into the end zone. And you look at... This is a Sunday Night Football game a couple weeks ago. And I'm sitting here watching the broadcast. And one referee shows the other referee... His hands, like in like a, you know, like the emoji where like he's got his, his, yeah, he's He's shrugging shrugging with the the palms up, like, I don't know. (laughs) And then
3: he looks at the other referee, and the other referee also goes, I don't know either. (laughs) (laughs) And then they made a ruling on it. And then that was it. Because the rule is they have to make a ruling on the field. Yeah. And neither of them know what to do, right? Like,
0: look at him. I'm showing you the picture right now. He shrugs, (laughs) and then the other guy goes, I didn't see it oh either.
3: I don't know. So in that in that situation like who does somebody come running in from left field and say, "Hey, I yeah, saw it." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so a concerned uh, fan
0: on the 50-yard line like who, <laughs> you know, I don't know how much, you know, better vantage point you need from that point, right. but like I referees are prone to mistakes. The same thing with with baseball umpires. Right. You know, I was gonna say we're like we're calling like balls and strikes. I mean, there's been a a, a a starting to grow, you know, minority of people who are asking for it to be like robot umpires. Motorized, right? Yeah. yeah for motorized. so that way they can keep track of, you know,
3: balls and strikes where they actually are. Right. You I know? would say it's it's like the situation where um sometimes in, in baseball, if there's a play at the plate, it's I don't know, the home plate umpire says, Oh, he's out, for some reason the guy standing on the left field line will come running in and say, No, I thought he was safe. And right. in that situation, it's like somebody needs to be able to make that call right away so that there is a precedent for like what we're basing this off of if right. they have to review it. But in that case, the two referees closest to the play had no idea what to do. Yeah. And now they have to make a ruling based off having no idea. And that that doesn't really It doesn't does, make any sense. It to doesn't. Me.
0: Especially in a multi-billion dollar industry first off where they're still having guys, 50-year-old guys with chains walk out there to measure 10 <laughs> yards. Get oh, out of here um, with um,
2: that. Listen. Bring out the
0: chain gang. Come on. <laughs> And the guy like he just he just like I think the football ended up here at the end of that play, just sets it on the ground. All right. Mm, all right, guys, let's keep going. And like moves the <laughs> waves the chain gang forward. <laughs> you know, like I mean, we need to 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 get rid of, of this. Listen, like,
2: you can you can easily pay somebody to sit in the booth, whatever city, pick a city in the country, have them sit in the booth, and you have one guy that only watches defense. I'll do it. He only watches defense. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Just pay me. It's not a guy.
2: He only watches offense. And then when a play is called on the field, then you go and review that. Because I've been watching the offense the whole time. I see what, right. what goes on. You can pay that because it always seems like in the NBA, when they have like a controversial call, it seems like whatever they say in Secaucus, New Jersey, is law. Mm-hmm. So what they'll do is they'll say, "Hey, what do you, what do you guys think up there?" And they'll say, "Well, the refs are going to get together and they're going to talk about this because one ref probably saw this and the other ref saw this, but they should do this." And it always seems to be that call that they say up there because it mm-hmm. seems like they have seniority there. So. I think something similar needs to happen like that in the NFL.
3: I will say the, the NBA probably has the most effective way of uh, the hierarchy where the guys in the Secaucus say, no, we think it's this. So that's yeah. what's going to be on the court. But th- that's like although it's also one of these isu- issues with slow motion replay is that everything looks kind of suspicious in slow motion. Like in, in basketball, right. in pickup basketball, if I if I am dribbling and you knock the ball out of my hands, it's off you. So it's my ball. But sometimes in slow motion, you'll knock the ball out of my hands, and it might graze like a, a leg hair. It might <laughs> yeah. graze my yeah. leg hairs, and now it's your ball. Right. And you know, by the letter of the law, is it's right? Maybe I don't know if I don't know if they could implement a rule where say, in certain situations, slow motion replay should not be used. But I, that, that that sounds like suspicious too. Because right. No what, one what, can what, look at this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you Wouldn't you want to see everything? Super clearly? shady. <laughs> yeah. No one look at
0: this. Um, so, we've all established the NFL officiating is garbage. Now, <laughs> I want to move on to Baker Mayfield, who I also consider to be garbage. <laughs> From garbage to garbage. <laughs> yeah, we're going. We're staying in the dumpster. We're staying in the dumpster. That's good. I like that. uh, so, um, <laughs> I have a stat for you here Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson have faced pressure on a similar number of dropbacks. Baker Mayfield has 66, Lamar Jackson has 67 pressured dropbacks. However, their passer rating while under pressure. Is not similar at all. Lamar Jackson, as they, some would call the best running quarterback, the best running back that plays quarterback in the league, <laughs> has a 99.0 passer rating under pressure. Pretty good. That's, pretty,
3: that's above average, right? I would say so. What's an, what's an average passer rating? At least under pressure. I don't know. I know 158.3 sounds, or if, whatever. Yeah, is yeah, if if 158.3 rate, yeah. is perfect, then 99 is pretty good. It's more than it's half. Especially under pressure. <laughs> it's yeah. above especially, you know? especially under pressure. Right. Baker Mayfield, <laughs> 22.3. What? That's garbage. <laughs> twenty-two,
0: twenty-two point three.
3: <laughs> do they have like actual numbers on like uh, passes attempted and completions, or is it just? Oh, just the, that's the number of dropbacks that they've had. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. In those sixty-seven dropbacks, do they have like the number of actually passes he ended up throwing, or not? Uh, I'm not sure. No, no, no not
0: not to this stat. But I do have some stats from Baker on Monday Night Football, which you might find interesting. From last night. Yeah. A lot of time well, yeah, by the time this comes out two nights ago. <laughs> but San Francisco beats Cleveland thirty one to three. Nick Bosa makes uh, Baker Mayfield his um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say what word it is, because we're not allowed to say that word on the podcast. But He gets his revenge. <laughs> exactly right. He plants the flag, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, Baker Mayfield, though. Eight for 22, 100 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. He was running around like a chicken with his head cut off all day. He was inaccurate. I mean, granted, there were some drops that some of the receivers had, but he was just inaccurate. Mm-hmm. And even the drops that they had, they were on balls that... I mean, need to be placed a lot better. The interception he threw to Richard Sherman was quite the bad pass. Yeah, it was terrible. (laughs) I mean, even the the Antonio Callaway one, he like just dived it like into the ground. Basically, had to come back and and pick it up off the ground. And that's I mean, you can blame Callaway for a for a bad bounce, but at the end of the day, I mean, if he places it, you know, on Antonio Callaway instead of on his ankles, yeah, yeah, then he's fine. (laughs) Everything works out. I mean, I'm not gonna say you win, but at least you don't have that interception. Yeah. So I just. To me, it's just so funny how everyone's ready to anoint the Cleveland Browns as, you know, this team that's going to make a playoff run. And, I mean, they they are lucky that right now the Steelers have their third-string quarterback out there yeah. because Mason Rudolph uh, got murdered over the weekend. Um like he got it, it destroyed. looked like it at first yeah like legitimate like Juju Smith Schuster like it looked like he thought that he was that Mason Rudolph was dead on the field right and I'm gonna take this opportunity to plug a, a recurring theme that I've had on this uh, podcast before where you need to start guaranteeing contracts for these NFL players yeah. because at Mason Rudolph does not have a guaranteed contract and if he has some sort of
3: you know I, I mean we all know what happened to Ryan Shazier right right and it's been what two years since he's played yeah now? and he I mean he's walking now and he's, yeah, but he's not he's, gonna play on the nfl yeah, again ever again no no he's not he shouldn't
0: he's lucky to have use of his legs at this point yeah you know uh, but what what
3: happens when that's you know someone who is you know an undrafted free agent who makes an nfl roster yeah, and even mason rudolph being a quarterback even him he, i'm sure his contract isn't guarantee, not, it, not I know, fully we, guaranteed and not we know it's we know it's not guaranteed but i'm yeah. sure he doesn't have much guaranteed money if at all exactly so, anyways, I, I just wanted
0: to bring that soapbox in for just a second, uh, mm. so I can stand on it and proliferate. Yet
3: another football is corrupt conversation. I love yeah, it. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> but I mean, when you look at the the
0: Browns' upcoming schedule, right? It doesn't it doesn't lighten up, really. I mean, they've got the Seahawks next week, which
3: on the road or at home? They've got them at home, but does that really matter? <laughs> yeah, the Browns don't have the best. Uh, Home field advantage, I'd say. Then they have the Patriots after that. Yikes!
0: They play the Broncos. The Broncos just got their first win. I'm, you know, not, but they play at Mile High, which is
3: a tough place to play. in Always, yeah. Then they play the Bills, and the Bills' defense looks tremendous. Right, and it's it's. I mean, in November in Buffalo, I'm sure is very cold. uh, No, they're playing (laughs) in Cleveland Cleveland for that. Yeah, but still, though, I mean, it's it's Cleveland. Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) They have the misfortune of
0: (laughs) playing in Cleveland. Cleveland. Either way, I mean, I wouldn't want to go to either of those (laughs) those games to be honest with you. (laughs) I'll sit. I'll sit and watch TV. Um, anyways, they play the Steelers after that, and then they play the the Dolphins later in the season. You can probably pencil that in as a win. Um, then they still play the Steelers again on the road after that. Then the Bengals. They, that's the, the that's the thing. They had the the fortune of being able to play the Steelers, who are on their second string quarterback on a good day. If Mason Rudolph ever comes back <laughs> into the huddle after after taking that massive hit, and you the know. Bengals. Yeah, and they play the Bengals. They and they play the, play the
3: Cardinals, game. and the Cardinals are not very good either. They do, they do get the Bengals twice in the last four games of the season, which is probably helpful to their playoff. Right. Push. But,
0: I mean, looking at their schedule, like, could you see them, I mean, realistically, like, based on how these teams are playing now, I don't see the, the Browns really winning more than, like, five games
3: for the rest of the season. Five more games for the rest of the season. I mean, season. E- even if you give them both games against the Bengals, which I'm, I think is a pretty safe bet. You could, give, I mean, give them,
0: yeah, well, they get A.J. Green back at some point, but the Bengals. AJ Green. <laughs>
3: counterpoint. I mean, counterpoint. I underst- yeah, counterpoint. I,
0: Joe I understand. As long as they don't play on prime time, I think they'll be fine, though. Andy Dalton not in prime time is
3: okay sometimes. I mean, I will say, I expect the Browns to make a playoff push because of all the talent they have. Maybe I, towards I the
0: end of the season, like when they start collecting some of these wins against, you know, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the, the Bengals twice, the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I
3: think their schedule sets them up for a playoff push. I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, sit here and put money on they'll, that they'll make the playoffs, but I'd be very surprised if they are eliminated in you know early December. You know, right now, if
0: if you were to to extrapolate this over the season, I think that they are favored against the Bengals twice. They're favored against the Cardinals even at Arizona. They I don't think they're favored against the the Ravens at home. Uh, I think they're favored against the Steelers. Favored against the Dolphins. Um, I don't think they'd be favored against the Broncos, Patriots, Seahawks, or Bills.
3: So that's what they're eight and eight. I mean, it, okay, so the AFC. <laughs> Is you can get it at nine and seven. I, I, that's what I was thinking. I mean, maybe not win the division because I think the Ravens yeah. are in prime position to do that if they ever, if they're, you know, if they can hold up, if they can continue to, you know, just right. give yeah. Lamar Jackson the entire offense. But yeah, is it, is it impossible for the AFC wildcard teams to be nine and seven, eight and eight? I don't think so. You know, we've seen wildcard teams be eight and eight before. Yeah, but that's so rare though. But, anyways, I'm done talking about Browns football for the for the day. Probably for the rest of the rest of the week,
0: at least. Um, but Until next le- week. <laughs> but while we're on the subject of playoff football, let's talk about Dolphins Redskins. Oh yeah, baby! <laughs> Woo!
3: A real Super Bowl preview here. Wait, game of have, the year.
0: Do right we have here. like a toilet bowl flush sound that we could play? I don't think we have that in our in our sound effects here. I'll have to get that in for next episode. Listen, the, actually,
2: whoosh. honestly, the, the, I'm excited for this game. <laughs> Me too. Honestly,
0: it's gonna be. I like, want to see what's going. Because sometimes bad football can be so fun to watch. <laughs> it really just mistakes all over the field. You know, someone slips on a banana peel. The ball goes into the end zone. Like you know, yeah.
2: But we've we've seen bad teams like try to see who's going to be better. Right. This could be one where people are trying to Maybe. to be worse. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Maybe. You're gonna play your second string quarterback where we're trotting out our third string. There you go. I mean, okay, so Dolphins, Redskins, I if I I don't know how to judge either one of these teams other than to say they're both bad. But when they're playing each other can we expect the Dolphins to put up points? Because they haven't been putting up points all season. My gosh! This yeah,
0: looks- I I mean, to me, when you look at like the Redskins' offense looks like halfway decent. They're not good, but they've
3: got some good pieces there. Would you play Haskins in this game? No. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I think that he's. I don't think he's just he's just not ready right now. But I mean, if if he's if he's, he's, he's gonna get any, if he's gonna get any playing time at all, it's it has to be against the worst team surely. Yeah, gonna have an argument can't, for you can't, the worst team. You can't, you can't put him in and then pull him right back out after that, though. Well, maybe he'll get some confidence and you know, just play him out the rest of the season. I doubt the Redskins are nah, trying to win I, games. I, that's fair, but
0: I, I don't know. I think that they're they're probably better off. If Case Keenum is still injured for next week, which I don't know what the severity of his foot injury is. I know he was in a boot last week, and that's mm-hmm. why they ended up having to start Colt McCoy, um, which is funny. Uh, but Colt McCoy actually, Colt McCoy had some decent games last season. I forgot season. Colt McCoy was in the league. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's Colt McCoy. But... <laughs> I, I think that and right now I mean I, the big news you know I think we haven't mentioned it yet that Drake, uh, Jay Gruden gets fired right and yeah. Bill Callahan is now the uh, the interim head coach for the, for the Washington Redskins. Um, I just I've seen teams like I mean the Dolphins when Joe Philbin got fired, uh, they had the the next game I believe was against the Houston Texans with Dan Campbell as their he was elevated from tight ends coach to interim head coach. And they beat the brakes off the Texans. Like, it was like 54 to like 14 the or new something co- like the that. The new coach. Yeah. Ball. And I'm, if I had to guess what would happen, that might happen. Because Washington's defense isn't great, but they have a solid front seven that's halfway decent. Josh Norman isn't dead. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he's, 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 he's not <laughs> as good as he used to be. He's still the number one corner. He's still okay.
3: Um he finessed them out of that contract. Yeah, well, you know, it's the Redskins <laughs> again. Like this is you fought over the Beckham a couple of times and got a big money deal out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: um, so I to me right now, I think that the Redskins are going to try to win this game. Like I don't I think that their talent level exceeds the Dolphins talent level. And I know it's sad to about say the state, of the, of the state of these two teams. So we're know. talking about which one's going to try to win. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it, it, I don't think any of the dolphins players are really on board with like the whole tanking thing, right. you know, just like, I don't think the, the, the Washington players are are really uh, on board with the whole thing. Yeah, how could thing. you be
3: if you're, you know, a competitive person, you exactly. That, hey, we're going to try to lose.
0: And when you go head to head, like evaluating these rosters, I, I give Washington the edge here and yeah. they're going to be coming in, re-energized with a new head coach. I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's that's that was hardly the problem there. I really personally didn't think that Jay Gruden was a terrible head coach. I think that Bruce Allen is more the problem there. Yeah, you know, the and major. then to you know an, a, another degree, Daniel Snyder, yeah, obviously the, the, the largest scale, Dan, Dan right? Snyder. You know, who's in charge of making all of these decisions, um, including the decision to keep Bruce Allen on the payroll right. here. But I, in my opinion, there the the talent. Far exceeds what the Dolphins have. They have made it a point to take all the talent off of this roster. They have Xavier Howard, which is he has been fine, but it, you're seeing him this season starting to take plays off. You know he got turned around quite a few times by Amari Cooper. Which I mean it's Amari Cooper, but he turned around and played pretty well against Keenan Allen the next uh, sure, sure, the next sure. week. But that's he's just the one guy. <laughs>
3: Frankly, you know? I think we've spent too much time talking about this game.
0: I know. <laughs> I just in terms of like uh, I, I just think it's interesting to see because this team is so bad. And the Washington, which one? But yeah, <laughs> these teams are so bad. Um, but if the if Washington wins this game, I'm going to Daniel Snyder's house and punching him. I want that number one pick, and if you ruin that for me, there will be there'll be heck. To I pay. think you have more competition from the Bengals, probably. Well, no, and the because, Jets, really because I again I think that. Adam Gase is the type of guy who is going to win, try to win games every single time he goes out there. And for what it's worth to getting Darnold back this next week, too. Exactly. Exactly. Not that he's you know, this world beater, but they will be better. Fresh off, off he, he, auto. <laughs> defenses are more afraid of Sam Darnold than they are of Luke Falk. Sorry to say to the <laughs> Falk family. <laughs> but that's just it. It is what it is. Um, and well, then, There goes our I'm, chance of interviewing Luke Falk. I know. I know. <laughs> Maybe. (laughs) so. Whoever's in post-production, could you bleep that out? (laughs) No. um, I don't care about Luke Falk and his family, unfortunately.
2: We'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I think we'll be fine. I'm okay with never having Luke Falk on the podcast. (laughs) Um, but no offense to Luke Falk, by the way, you know, full, you're offense, sure you're full offense to Luke Falk. No, I, Just lean into I, it. I, don't, <laughs> I don't dislike it as a, as a, as a person. full offense. I hate you. Luke Falk. Lean into it. Come on. No, how could I hate that guy? He's, well, <laughs> he's losing games to the jets. I love that guy more than there anything in the yeah. world.
3: Yeah, you're, so, you're right. Yeah.
0: Anyways, <laughs> but more, more to the point, the Bengals are getting AJ green back. Andy Dalton is still, he's Andy Dalton. He's not going to like put the team on his back and like win you games. But we've seen him have solid games before, and when you start getting all the uh, John Ross will probably maybe be back by that point. Yeah, we'll see. I know they put him on, on IR. So what is eight weeks from last week or eight yeah. weeks from this week? I think this is the
3: first week of the eight weeks. Uh, it's it, he's not going to be back until at least <clears throat> late November, you know, Thanksgiving right. probably. Well, I think that's when they play. Is I think uh, Bengals Dolphins.
0: I think so, right? Or do they play October twenty second? I'm, I'm trying to remember. I believe it was the twenty second. I just
3: wasn't sure. The twenty second of yet another playoff preview. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Primetime game Sunday night football. That's right. That's right. Uh, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth.
0: I mean, we've got. I mean, looking at the Dolphins schedule. I mean, I know that we've we've spent too much time talking about the Dolphins at this point, but Dolphins Bengals. It's it's December twenty second. So he'll be second to last week of the season. Should be back. Yeah.
3: Did they play the Giants towards the end of the season? Nice. What I hope is just for the just for the chaos of it. I hope that both teams are zero and fourteen going into that game. I know That be, that would be a fun game to watch. <laughs> simply because it'd be my two favorite teams, right? Simply because like we see, we'll see like the players' competitiveness for getting that first win go up against the front office's desire to have the first pick, and like those clash together for both sides. That'd be that'd be pretty funny just for the jokes. Maybe the Dolphins will try to trade for Luke Fox coming in this game. <laughs> Anyways, I'm
0: tired of dunking on Luke Falk. All right, um, do we have anything NBA uh, wise? I know that. I mean, on on the court or political wise? Because I the... <laughs> know. I mean, I'm not a, like a geopolitical expert or anything like that. So like, I, I I have like a little bit of fear getting into into this because I I don't know how how intelligently I can I can talk about it. Right. You know, given how complex the situation is, um, to me, when you're looking at What's going on in Hong Kong and people protesting on behalf of trying to keep democracy
3: right. in Hong yeah, Kong? Because Hong Kong was like auto, what's the word autonomous? Yeah, autonomous yeah, for they like the They were their last, own thing. Yeah, I don't know how many years, and finally their their time has come up. You know, the Chinese government said you guys are autonomous until twenty nineteen or twenty twenty something like that. Right. And now that you know, obviously that time is up. So now they're going to be under Chinese communist rule. And I mean, there's much more to it than what I've just told you. But <laughs> right, but the the long and short of it is that the citizens of Hong Kong
0: are like, we've seen how terrible it is in communist China. Right. I'd like to not do that. <laughs> and Thanks. so, you know, and, and the thing is that, you know, you hear some of these stories of, of Chinese police, you know, shooting protesters, you know yeah. before it was you know non-lethal stuff, but now I think uh, a couple of, of Hong Kong citizens have been killed while protesting. Obviously I, I didn't see with my own eyes what happened, so right. who knows what happened in terms of you know them attacking an officer, and you know that's what happens when mm-hmm. you attack an officer. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's disappointing when you see the nBA's what the NBA stance has been on this.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's because, you know, we know that the NBA is probably the most progressive of all the professional sports leagues. Right. But at the end of the day, they are a business and they have business interests in China. Right. And obviously with the statement that they put out about Daryl Morey's tweet about the Chinese um, government, their statement in English seemed to have been something defending Morey's freedom of speech. Right. And saying that this his view doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, relate to our views on China but apparently the Mandarin translation of it seemed like they were apologizing for Daryl Morey. So the people, you know, so NBA fans here in America were saying, why are you guys being so... But they just think that like no one in America is going to try to translate the Chinese version. Is that what they thought? Apparently. Like, they I mean, didn't think they just there's probably no Chinese people who are listening to this. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. Just go ahead and tweet it. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. So the that, that, NBA faced that backlash from American fans who were saying, why are you guys being so apologetic towards a government that is so obviously opposite of what americans stand for and you know they've got to face the consequences of having business dealings in a shady country
0: that is correct and i just i'm reading this thing now and this is from uh from deadspin uh internal memo espn forbids discussion of chinese politics when discussing daryl morey's tweet about chinese politics
3: yeah but that's espn's policy for the last few years has been no politics in general yeah, but when it uh, enters the arena of sports, like it's your like you're
0: if you masquerade as a as a sports media company, I mean, and I don't like want to disparage like ESPN as a company because it's not just them. Like they're not mm-hmm. the only ones who are not talking about it. There's plenty of other.
3: Uh, sports media outlets that are just declining to talk about it yeah i mean it's because it's a conflict of interest like the nba has business dealings in china so they're not going to disparage china The espn is not going to disparage the nba because they have right. the nba deal but at Same what thing point NFL. do you just say like
0: okay like i understand that we have business dealings there
3: are we sports broadcasters or are we sports journalists
0: right like are we entertainment are we entertainment talking heads or are we people who are you know who people trust to bring them sports news and that's the thing that's like that's crazy to me it, cuz it's not just it's not just ESPN it's also Nike who has pulled off Houston Rockets gear off the shelves in, in in China to avoid any sort of backlash you know and when a company like Nike decides to you know cape up for, for Colin Kaepernick and have him be one of the spokespeople for Nike because he's like oh he's protesting you know injustice social injustice and we're totally behind that message Apparently not. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because they're doing the same thing in China, and guess what? You're capitulating to the Chinese government because you want those Chinese government dollars, which they have a lot of. They do. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I see what you mean. But at the end of the day, like I mean, stand for something. That's the part that drives me insane. Like stand for something. Like that. You can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Like that drives me up a wall. Because I'm sitting here, like, regardless of what side of the fence you fall on, I mean, even with when it comes to and the NBA's defense of this whole thing—you you said it yourself. When they when they're talking about the English translation, it sounds like they're saying like, "Oh, we, you know, uh, Daryl Morey, you know, he's he has his his views, and you know, we uh, we refuse to." Um, I can't remember exactly how they worded it. They essentially pleaded the fifth, kind of. But like they they like he has like his views, and he's allowed to have his views. Mm-hmm. Basically, they just didn't want to say anything about it. Right. But like you said, the Chinese version was more apologetic as opposed to like, oh, we're going to let the tweet stand for itself. It is what it is. You know, that, those are his views. Yada, yada. The Chinese was like, oh, we're so sorry that Daryl said this. Right. You know, he's a, he's a, you know, a terrible person. Don't listen. <laughs> you know, <obviously>, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like that's, that was more along the lines of what they were saying in the Chinese translation. Stop talking out of both sides of your mouth to protect your wallet. Like that to me is like is so ridiculous. Like you can't you can't sit there and look at the atrocities that are going on in 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 China. You know the way they. I mean, uh, in 2015 they got rid of their their one child
3: policy in yeah. favor of a two child policy. So like you're
0: still telling people how many kids you can and can't have.
3: <laughs> yeah, and that 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 seemed like something that was such old news that one child policy. But they yeah, really, yeah, like it, you it said, stopped they, in 2015. Right, and now they have just a two child policy. Like, hey, you got one more <laughs> kid. Congrats. <laughs> You have one more person that's to, to to
0: Yeah. yeah. It's like I mean you and I understand like you want to like tap into that market, but maybe I mean you could do it the other way around. Like maybe you if you're the NBA, you can actually stand for something and say, look, these people in China now know the value of having the NBA in like the NBA market in their in their area. Mm-hmm. Right. And they understand like the value. Like when you when you talk about some of the like the way we overcame uh, Eastern versus Western Germany. Western Germany, after when the wall went up, the eastern side was communist Russia side, and the western side was more you know, aligned with western beliefs and had capitalism, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And things were so great on the western side that eventually the eastern side kind of like rebelled a little bit and they wanted to get over to the western side. Yes. Right? Because they knew how great it was on this side. Why don't you do that if you're the <laughs> NBA? Say so, like these people already know how great it is having the NBA around and like how like put pressure on your own government maybe, but everyone's so scared of the Chinese government, which I understand
3: because people get black bagged all the time. There, I was there. gonna say we, we can see what happens when you resist yeah. the Chinese government. That's what's happening. In Hong but
0: Hong. then, but the, the, the part that infuriates me is people capitulating to this
3: government and saying yeah. like, ah, it's cool. Like we love your dollars so much that it's fine. <laughs> I just think the, the NBA is not gonna not going to um, you know champion the protesters for obvious reasons because now they're getting into, like you said, geopolitical uh, issues and that's not their agenda. They don't like any sports league. The NBA is going to try to stay away from politics because they're, they're just sports. I mean, has the NBA really stayed away from politics though? I suppose not. I mean, they, they did quietly institute like nobody can kneel for the anthem thing, but But that's, that's always been a rule though. I think for the NBA,
0: hasn't it? Like where
3: I I just think that once, once the NFL players started kneeling for the anthem, they, the NBA said, we're going, just going to enforce our rule of you have to stand for the anthem, but again, I mean, yeah. uh, that's the NBA with that situation. where We're kneeling for the anthem. They were they did it very quietly. They weren't very loud about it because they probably don't want to be involved in that for too long. And those
2: just, those really didn't affect their dollars too much either. So yeah, I think it's a I think they they judge what is what is a safe. <laughs> a safe uh, political argument they to They have all into these it. focus
0: groups talk about like, how much money are we going to lose if we decide that we're going to stay pretty much. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, mean, I is, is looking at those zeros in the bank account like, <laughs> hmm. is it I kind of like those there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's keep it around, maybe. All
3: right. It's fine, yeah. China. You do you. We love you. It's fine. Well maybe this more on the courts things the preseason kicked off and everybody's excited about Zion right he's dang, he dunked, what three times in one game and now he like he's suddenly the like the, I mean he, he was always the most popular rookie but Zion is he's been so hyped up to the point where it's almost it's I mean it's already gotten past ridiculous like it's yeah like I don't know if you guys noticed the NBA top 100 the ESPN put out I believe they had Zion in the top 50. Which is, yeah, it's, without it's, even which, playing. Right. That's that to me,
0: like, I, sometimes I look at those and I'm like, I feel like they just put those out to like get people. Like They always do, like, one or two things that people are like, what are you doing?
3: <laughs> just to get people talking about it's it. It's the same reason they do the way-too-early top 25 for college football <laughs> yeah, and basketball yeah, right yeah. after the championship game. Yeah. The next morning. Way-too-early right. top 25. And they put whoever won second. <laughs> and they're like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> well, they're losing their, their, yeah. their left guard, so they cannot yeah, exactly. be as good as they were last season. No, it's... Yeah, you're it. Um, the Zion hype is, it's it's warranted, but it's gotten past the point of warranted. I don't know. He's six six foot six now instead of six foot seven. <laughs> he's a bust. Is he really that good?
0: <laughs> Have you seen that they're starting to put out all the, the the real heights of these players? You know, apparently Dwight Howard, he's been listed at six eleven for his entire career. Apparently
3: now he's six foot nine. he's got, got a little shorter. <laughs> starting to look like people's Tinder profiles out here, man. It's uh, all knocking inches right off the top. <laughs> I mean, the Pelicans have what I think it's like 30 national TV games this season. And last season they had about they had under 10. I know that. Yeah, I like it, the um, Pelicans. And the Zion, the Zion hype is is it's a lot. I mean, get ready to see all Zion, all, all Zion on ESPN yeah. and every other outlet. I'm excited this season. I'm excited. I hope they can make a playoff push because if he makes the playoffs in his first season, that's a really good luck for him. Oh, 100%. and and all the other young guys on the team too. You know, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram. Right.
2: He's not going to have any knees by like 25 if he doesn't <laughs> lose some I, uh,
3: I remember hearing jokes about after he got drafted to New Orleans, he's going to look like Booger, uh, Booger McFarlane after like two, two months eating gumbo every day in New Orleans. They, they Photoshopped the ball to hit on him and they could put him in a suit and he looks just like Booger McFarlane. It's hilarious. <laughs> I love some Booger McFarlane, man. It's <laughs> just so funny.
0: Uh, anyways, um, do we have anything else besides uh, you know geopolitical unrest?
3: Um, As far as local sports go, the Rays. uh, Well, I guess uh, as of time recording, they're in Game Four of the ALDS, looking like they're gonna pull out the victory. I might be proven wrong by the time everybody else hears this, but we'll see. What
0: are they two and two now? If they win,
3: it's two and one right now. But if they win tonight's game, two and two. Game five in Houston on Thursday,
0: and it's a five game series, right? Yeah, that's
3: it. Just five games. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, if they beat Houston, now they got to go and play the Yankees, so it doesn't get easier. Obviously,
0: no, it doesn't. But I'm. I think that it's – I say this as someone who's like not a Rays fan but and someone who's a Marlins fan, just for full disclosure. Yeah. The Marlins have made the postseason twice and won the World Series twice, both of those times they won, as wild cards, okay? Right. Other than that, they haven't made the postseason. To me, when I look at the Rays – I'm sitting here thinking, like, you don't know how good you have it right now. Because people don't go to Marlins games, but... People don't go to Rays games. <laughs> people like, that's the thing. Like, they couldn't the, even the,
3: sell out their first game.
0: Right. And the team is, like, they're good. Like, yeah. they're not, like, you know, going to be, you know, they're not... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like,
3: title contenders, most likely. No, they, they always have the lowest payroll consistently. Right. And every good player that's too good for their payroll, they just, like, let them go.
0: Right, but that's because I feel like a large portion of that is because they don't have the attendance to to bring in that revenue. I'm getting the press talking about the race. We we don't have to do this. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying like just it just infuriates me because I'm sitting here thinking like the Marlins have been a franchise since nineteen ninety three. They've been in the postseason twice. And people are like, Why don't people go to Marlins games? It's because they suck all the time. You're right, right. And every time they they're good, they sell off everybody immediately. The Rays. You, at you least guys they're... have great
3: aquariums too. That's true, we do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and Dwayne Wade. It's more expensive to get okay. into an aquarium than it is to get to into a Dolphins game.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: I, I think I, should, I
0: showed you that. Uh, that's, yeah, that was a funny stat that I saw. It's uh, apparently uh, sixteen dollars uh, to get in for the, the cheapest ticket for a Dolphins game. Right. Twenty three dollars to get into Miami Metro Zoo.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say if um, now that John mentioned Dwayne Wade, I was thinking about how to get Dwayne Wade into the podcast. I was going to mm. say that apparently they gave Jimmy Butler his old locker. Did they really? Yeah. So Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's locker now is Dwayne, Wade, Dwayne Wade's old locker. That's, that's a nice, like, you know, handing. Ex- handing of the torch, yeah.
0: Yeah, because to me, like, I'm like, God forbid Hassan Whiteside was still on this team and he decided he wanted that locker. I would say, get out of here. <laughs> oh, I'd cement
3: that locker up. No one could touch it. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. that's probably, I don't know if I'm more excited about Jimmy Butler being on the heat or Hassan Whiteside not being on the heat. The second one, <laughs>
0: yeah. and I love Jimmy Butler. <laughs> right. That's the awesome bullet with that one. I know. Oh my goodness. But anyways, back to back to the point. Okay, with the Marlins, the Marlins are bad. They've been bad for a while. Every time they have good players, they sell them. The Rays, at least they're performing with not top yeah. level. Yeah,
3: as talent. a as a Rays fan, that's one thing I can get. I can get behind. Even though we will we'll never sign a big free agent, we'll never pay anybody big bucks. Right. We have a team that has. You know innovative ideas and can right. get performances yeah. out of Kevin the players. Kevin Cash is doing great. Yeah, he is. And if I were a Rays fan, I would say
0: I need to start going to these games because the more I go to these games, the
3: more likely it is that they see the increase in revenue and they're more likely to spend on players. No, the problem is the Rays and the Marlins have opposite problems. The Marlins' problem is they have a bad team in a great stadium, the Rays' problem <laughs> is they have a good team in a horrible <laughs> stadium that nobody wants to go to.
0: That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. But at least, like, I mean, I don't go to, well, to be fair, if I go to Marlins games, the only thing to look at is the stadium. So it's like, oh, this is nice. Right, yeah. But if the team is good, when you go out there, you're watching for the baseball game. Yeah. You're
3: not going for the like, experience. Yeah. And I, know, going- I know they're called the Tampa Bay Rays, but not being in Tampa doesn't help either. It'd be like if the Marlins played in, like, Sunrise. Well, the I guess the Panthers, play the Dolphins the play but, at <laughs> Miami Gardens, which
0: is like right up, like near the Broward Miami-Dade line, yeah. like It's some like metropolitan yeah. Miami. Like people tend to have to drive north, like probably like every time I went to a Dolphins game as a kid, I had to drive forty-five minutes to go to the Dolphins games. Yeah, I, you're, but it didn't you're matter right. because it was like the team; it was my team, and I cared about the team. People don't care about the Rays. That's the
2: problem; they don't. Yeah, you're right because the Giants do play in New Jersey.
0: Exactly. People will go. It doesn't matter how far it
2: is. I would I would hate to drive to Ju- to New Jersey. Are you kidding me? I'd rather drive to St. Pete any day
0: of the week. St. Pete has nice breweries, they have a nice like little like the night scene and everything out there. Yeah. You know, not trying to plug the, the city of, of, of St. Petersburg, but you know, they have, some, they have some cool stuff out there.
3: I just wish that the Rays had ownership that was willing to spend money. That because the baseball has A payroll system where there is no salary cap so teams like the Yankees and Red Sox can throw and the Dodgers can throw like 250 million dollars at their roster every season while the Rays throw 60 million right and it just comes down to the ownership and how much they're willing to spend but I mean we'll see how the Rays do in this playoff series I don't expect much from them honestly but as a Rays fan I'm excited about the future because they're a young team still a lot of young players a lot of young talent
0: right well I mean now that uh Joe Madden's no longer the manager of the Cubs I mean who knows maybe uh I don't want him back. Kevin Cash will be I I don't want him back. A future cub. Uh, oh, <laughs> you mean like that? No, please yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Does
0: that hurt your feelings a little bit? <laughs> a little bit. Just just, uh, just, a little bit. Yeah, I can see why. I can see why. Anyways, at least you don't have a... God, I, oh, I can't even remember the guy's name now. It's driving me crazy. The Marlins oh. manager? Don't tell me. Don I, I'm not telling, I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> <laughs> it's Don Mattingly. At least you don't have Don Mattingly. For some reason, I couldn't remember Don Mattingly's name. That's how irrelevant the Marlins are. There you I, are. Could, <laughs> I could are. The, the name, just like, it was there... And I had the Simpsons reference in my head. <laughs> Mattingly, shave off those sideburns. <laughs> Anyone here a Simpsons fan? No? Just me here. Right. No, I, yeah. I I understood the reference,
3: right, <laughs> Do you guys have anything else?
2: I think we're good, man. We're heading into a good part of the year.
3: I'm excited. Lots oh, of stuff. All the, all the listeners keep a watch out for the XFL and for Brandon Radcliffe. That's right. Yep, yeah. That's right. Sure. Keep an eye out, hopefully, uh you know, I mean he's got he's got the talent,
0: you know. I've I've seen him play, you know, since we were I was just saying diapers, but that's not quite
3: far. <laughs> it's not quite that far. I don't know about diaper football. No. It would be
0: funny. It would be. Could you imagine babies playing football?
3: I, no. Yeah, no, I shouldn't either. It <laughs> probably wouldn't work, right? It'd be a lot of running the ball. Crawling the ball. Crawling oh, the ball, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Offensive lines would be very bad. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. The protection.
2: Absolutely. It's how kind of like how the Dolphins-Redskin game is going to look.
0: It's, <laughs> it's diaper football. If you can envision <laughs> It's both teams pooping their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. That'll do it for another episode of the Somewhat Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter and on Instagram at John Dennis Radio. That's J-O-N Dennis Radio.
3: John?
2: Catch me on IG, J-O-Williams5.
3: Alberto? You catch me at Alberto, A-L-B-A-R-E-T-O-E on Twitter. So clever. And same thing on Instagram, just with an underscore at the end. Fair enough. Yes, there
0: two Albertos.
3: Apparently, somebody on Instagram got to that name before I did. Had to feel a little underscore. You couldn't do the one at the end. You were an Alberto. I wasn't going to do all that. Who <laughs> <laughs> the numbers. underscore? The underscore annoys me enough already. That's fair. That's fair. You can always catch Somewhat Sports uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Somewhat Sports. And
0: uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Somewhat Sports podcast. And we'll catch you next week.